Good morning, investors and traders. Best show of the year coming up today. Yeah, you know, Microsoft rallied yesterday. Meta booing the market today. But there's some cracks under the hood here, folks. We got to look at the consumer. We got to look what's going on out there. It's just not going to be your rah-rah bull show or not going to be super bearish either. The bullish part will be when Mark Chaikin comes on at 8.15 a.m. Let's talk about these earnings, the mixed messages that we're getting. We got a lot to cover. This is pre-market prep. Get your notepads out. Get your pencils sharpened. It's time to learn about these markets. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. All good here in Spooland, at least. Up 24 and a quarter handles at 4,100 and a quarter. Uh, nice rally off the meta earnings. The buck down again here. We have the buck trading down uh, 4% here at 101.75. We have, uh, boom, boom, boom. We have the bonds trading down a half a point at 101 and 6.30 seconds. Well, crude. Crude's at 74.54, uh, up 24 cents, huh? We already filled that gap. Where's the OPEC cut again? Uh, we have gold up 10.40 at 2,006.40. Silver back over 26, up 20 cents at 25.27 and a half. And Bitcoin, bit volatile inside day, but we're up 12.45 at 29,145. Uh, Dennis, I mean, we talk about. Uh, you know, divergence in the markets and yeah. mixed messages here. But oh. it, today, today just may be like, just like the epitome of what we're seeing going on. Just mixed messages all over the place. And it's been the tale of two markets. And maybe you should just start with SPY versus IWM. Tale of two markets is S&Ps have held up very well. We know this year. SPY trading up. I think we're up about three. No, we're up. Oh, let's figure it out. We started the year around 380, 405, carry the two. Well, we're up about 6% this year, uh -huh. somewhere in there. So, yeah, 6 7%. But if you go to the IWM, you get a completely different story. IWM actually is trading in the red on the year. So, I mean, IWM more broad, obviously. S&P, we know, is very heavily weighted to those four or five mega cap tech stocks. Um, and that's really what keeps holding us up. Yesterday was the whole story. Microsoft up 20 points. My market was ripping higher earlier, but there was cracks, and we talked about those cracks. And the cracks kept getting bigger and bigger, and eventually took the S&P to the red, despite Microsoft being up 20 bucks. So one of your biggest components of 20 points, and they took the indice red. So, I mean, that, that's how bad everything else was. It was a really awful day for the markets. Today, we get a similar story. We got another mega cap tech stock, Meta trading up 12% here in the pre-market, driving price higher. Now, Meta doesn't have as much push as Microsoft because Meta's a lot smaller in percentage for, um, obviously, weight in the S&P. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have any influence. It does because it's pushing up other tech stocks. So, again, we're seeing similar 
tech stocks very, very strong this morning. So tale of two markets where you've got the tech stocks and not the zombie tech stocks because ARK ain't doing very well. But the more of the, of the tech stocks that are, you know, making money, the mega cap tech stocks, the NVIDIAs, the AMDs, the Amazons, the Googles, the Microsofts still holding up very well. But the cracks are everywhere. And this is the problem. And IWM shows the cracks quite clearly. But some of these other earnings reports, which we've talked about, UPS showing cracks yesterday. And then you get, you know, this morning, you get tractor supply, which we'll get to in a second, showing more cracks in the consumer. So there are cracks everywhere here. Um, now, who wins? Like we keep saying, mixed messages, the tale of two markets. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Maybe everything turns it around. But that's why I still remain cautious because of all the cracks. Okay. So uh, we could go a couple different ways here. Yes, we, we can. Could go, we could go, yeah. <laughs> right, covered a not. lot in the first two-minute rant. <laughs> and that's the end of today's show. Um, <laughs> that was it. Cracks. <laughs> Cracks in the market. Why don't we do, because we got Mark coming on at, uh, at 8.15. And sure. of course, we can ramble into these earnings reports. Uh, but Let's start out. Let's do that discussion that we had right when we came on this morning. And uh, believe it or not, let's start. Let's start with tractor supply. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that because everybody's going to talk meta, and tractor supply is going to get no love. Let's start right. with the TSCO report. Okay, they missed by six cents, one sixty-five versus one seventy-one. They missed on sales, three point three bill versus three point three two billion. Uh, they confirm guidance initially provided in January. So uh, before you know, Dennis's stock did make a new all-time high just a couple days ago. So you know, right now. Everything's been pretty rosy, but talk about the TSCO, and we also have uh, um, United Rental in in that too. But just talk about it in the vein. Well, URI of the and consumer. TSCO both showing more cracks. UPS showing the main. The, the thing that got me the most nervous was the UPS report, and it's continuing to go down. But now you see tractor supply. There's a store a lot of people go into and missing earnings. Not great news. This is not good. So TSCO, you can say, well, who cares about TSCO? I'll tell you who cares about TSCO. Home Depot cares about TSCO. Home Depot. Why is Home Depot down here today? They're down because of TSCO. Why is Lowe's down here today? They're down because of TSCO. So retail, more cracks happening here. URI obviously down here as well. $19, not helping the matter either. So consumer, right, so far, slowing, showing some slowing here a little bit. Caterpillar, pretty decent earnings, but they're hitting it anyways. Because why? Because they're worried that there is cracks forming here. So even though Caterpillar reported a pretty good quarter, which I thought was actually excellent quarter they reported, 491 versus 378, absolutely blowing it away. Stock at one point was trading up almost $10 in the pre-market here, Joel. Caterpillar. Don't what like happened? to see that. Over the Don't. course of 20 minutes, gives it all back. Why are we selling these good reports? Why is the market doing that? You want to know why? Because the second half is likely not to be as good as the first half. Tommy Lackey called this on the show yep. ago. He was on yesterday. He's still kind of sticking, you know, with, you know, um, I, he wasn't really, we tried to get him to make that call again, and he was kind of hesitant. So, <laughs> and again, nobody's got a crystal ball. So all we are, we're all guessing. We're all guessing. But just rah, rah, bull, like everything is going well, is like pulling the blinders over your eyes. Because you know what? It's going pretty good in tech, mega cap tech. But that IWN tells a completely different story. 
Yeah, let's uh, let's go to the TSCL. I don't think we have a lot of traders in it here, but it's trading down on light volume. Uh, I see, you know, it had a nice rally into the report. I see support here. I'm just going to give you a, one level where you have two lows in the same area. Huh, it's right there right now, 232. So the bulls got to defend uh, 232. But instead of like doing all the technicals and, you know, doing all the minutia of these reports, we still have uh, five minutes before Mark comes on. Yeah. There's another thing that's concerning about the market. And when we talk about the market and concerning and hedging and things like that, not a lot of times do we give you like a, a potential strategy and something to take a look at in order to hedge your, and it's very hard to do, right? Because the options are so expensive, right. you know, shorting the market. A lot of people are not, scared. Um, yep. Yep. And, uh, Jay Rice, you know, picked it up here. Uh, that is, let's talk about VNO, Vornado Realty Trust. You did not give me that link with its holdings. So, if oh, well, wanna... not Vornado. So PFF is what I was going to talk about. I'm going to get into that in a second, but Vornado is another story happening here today, showing more cracks. Vornado's got problems. VNO's got problems. And if you just go to the Vornado website, you'll immediately see why they have problems because this is your office reads. No matter what, even if the economy is strong, there's less people going to the office. COVID oh, has man. done a number on VNO. And if you look, go just go to their website. You know, if you wanted to bring it up here right now, you can see the first thing they show is huge, beautiful buildings over New York City, over, you know, over, you know, all the major cities there. Um, 20 million square feet of prime office properties is what they brag about. Again, not their fault. But COVID changed the world. COVID changed the world not for the better for VNO shareholders because VNO has been on this steady decline since COVID happened. And that's just because less people are going into work. So you have all this office space, all this premier office space that everybody wants to be in, and you have less people going to the office. So that's the problem with VNO. VNO has now uh, suspended the dividend. So it had that nice 11.49% yield, suspended it for the rest of the year. You never want to see that happen. They did talk about a buyback, which I don't know why they're doing a buy, suspending the dividend, but then doing a buyback. But I think investors are punishing this this morning, rightfully so, because um, you're, they're suspending the dividend. The whole point to owning REITs is for the dividend. That's the point to owning REITs, to get paid. You're not getting paid here now for the rest of the year on VNO. And I challenge whether that doesn't continue here or not. This stock chart is ugly. Um, again, you know, it was $110 back in 2017. So it was already kind of going down, but then COVID happened. It was $65, went down to 35. Now we're 13. VNO, not the place to be and not the place to be today. Ah, boy, oh boy. Real quick. We're going to go into the PFF after this, but it's got a real quick story. Uh, had a meeting yesterday yeah. and big office building, not too far from here, a very important meeting. And I went there and this office was huge. I, I mean, maybe five, six, seven thousand square feet. And it was a, we went there a little bit later after the close. It was an absolute ghost town. I mean, not so only scary. were there empty offices, okay? And I'll, I'll say it, it was uh, um, it was a brokerage firm and I'm not gonna say which one. I'm telling you, empty offices, Dame plates taken off the door. And besides that, this is only like, you know, this is like 4.30, quarter to five. Ghost town. No receptionist. Nobody. Absolutely. And I and uh, wow. the gentleman that uh, we were meeting with, I said, holy man. I go, 
what's going, you know, and he said, ha ha, he goes, I hate to be on the other end of this lease negotiation because phew, we're going to be, you know, they don't need yeah. the space. And uh, that's very evident. But this this lead uh, leads us into uh, PFF here, Dennis. Well, well and we're going to have Mark and PFF is going to be a longer conversation. So if we have Mark there, I'd like to bring him in. You know, you can even is he around early let me, let if he's me, ready to rock. Let's but, see here. You know, and uh, we've given a lot of bearish stock. There's a lot of bullish stocks. There's a lot of stocks still doing well here, too. So it is the tale of two markets here still. But just just with VNO, just with Office Reach, just to expand on that thought, I mean, there's just so many people and so many investors who just go in and look at the dividend first. And people will come in and say, oh, nice dividend. Yeah, I want to own that. You got to really just sometimes just think, you know, and just do your homework. But, you know, one, I'm just investing in office space right now. I'm like, I don't know who is investing in this stuff. Like, and again, obviously not that many people are the stock when it continue to go down, but sometimes people can just get, you know, blinded by the, like, oh, 11.45% yield. Yeah, I like 11% on my money. Not sustainable if people aren't going to the office anymore. And you, you got a big slap in the face from BNO last night when they suspended the dividend. Wow. Um, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's why you own the thing, right? For the dividend. That, that's the whole point to owning REITs, to get paid. So, again, they may bring it back. Maybe they bring it back in 2024. Maybe we miraculously all start going back to the office. But just this trend of not going into the office, I think, continues. I don't think this is just, you know, a temporary thing now. I think it's permanent. I don't think there's going to be as many no. people going to the office because they got the taste of working from home. The businesses found that they were actually more efficient. They don't have to pay for these leases. They found people more efficient at home, even though they're probably playing around you know, a little bit. They're still getting the job done at home. So the home office, I've worked from home for years. I'm very efficient here. I save myself two hours a day. It was when I was commuting to Detroit office and, and break trading in Detroit, I was an hour across, an hour back, all the fuel, you know, and then the two hours of my time. Think about all that. I know. So, I mean, I know. the commute, everything, it just makes sense for a lot more people to work from home. And that is very bad news for VNO shareholders. I think no matter how bullish you are, the markets and whatever sectors, whatever you're following, I think that that, that is just an excellent point. But uh, right on cue, we got Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics. He's going to talk us off the cliff and give us his buy the dip scenario. Aaron, roll the intro for Mr. Chaikin. Wow. All right, man. How you doing, Mark? Mark? How you doing? Are you buying office REITs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're on the same page there for sure. Oh, no. yeah. The power gauge is in bearish on VNO and SL Green, Stephen L. Green, forever. Yeah, and Whatever. it just doesn't look like it's turning around here. I mean, you know, some people thought, okay, yeah, after COVID, everybody's going to go back to work and we're going to get back to business as usual. It just it's not business as usual anymore. People have got a taste from working from home. And some people are going back to the office, but not enough. And that's why you see these two stocks, SLG and um, uh, VNO, which we were just talking about, um, basically making new multi-year lows. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you've got to look at the bricks and mortar value of a company like SLG, which owns some really prime properties in New York City. If you're going to write off New York City forever, then you don't look to bottom fish. But at some point, uh, someone like uh, SLG, SLG is going to be a real value buy. I don't know where that is, though. 
I don't, I don't want to be early in the stock like that. No. Why, why, why do you think it's going to be a buy eventually? Well, because they own premier properties in New York. They own really blue chip properties. And New York's not going away. Kids are still flocking there. Uh, they may be living in Brooklyn and not in New York City, but uh, it's still the financial capital of, uh, of the world. And you wonder if they can repurpose some of these properties, Mark. Like, can well, they repurpose yeah. some of them? Like, and that's where the value would be extracted. If they can come in some of these office spaces and actually repurpose them into not being office spaces. That seems like the logical solution here. I, I agree. And there's chatter about converting them into um, residential. Obviously, residential in New York is is something that's worked over time. Uh, it's interesting, though, that J.P. Morgan Chase is building a, a billion-dollar office building on Park Avenue. So uh, in the midst of what looks like a calamity for uh, Midtown Manhattan, there's J.P. Morgan, supposedly savvy in terms of where the world is headed, uh, making a big commitment. So, right. Mark, let's take this back to overall market conversation here because I was telling earlier, and I don't know if you're listening, but it's kind of the tale of two markets. We've got, you know, mega cap tech really strong. We have a lot of other sectors strong as well. Consumer staples have been strong. Healthcare has been very strong. But then you've got this, you know, banks. You've got, you know, the, if you look at the IWM, the small caps are just an absolute mess here. I mean, it's mixed messages all over the place. And I think that's why we, you know, everybody, you know, we come on the show, we have a bull, we have a bear, we have bulls and bears battling here. And the battle rages on because it's giving us so many mixed messages. Some businesses really doing well and others not so much. What are your overall thoughts? Well, I think you've uh, encapsulated it pretty well. I, I think one area where this is going to probably hurt people is in looking at the technical uh, underpinnings, the breadth statistics, because with financials and energy in such serious downtrends, uh, it's impossible to get confirmation from new highs, new lows, and advanced declines. So you've got a lot of people who are looking at those numbers saying, ah, this is just a bear market rally. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's allergy season here in Connecticut. Yeah. And so I think in terms of getting a good handle on the market, that's a problem. Uh, you could say, well, it's going to be different this time. I hate to do that. But I, I wouldn't look for this bifurcated market to change anytime soon. And if you look at what tech's doing and also consumer staples, which I think are very overbought right now, by the way. I, I think everybody's been hiding there. I think you've got yeah. money managers, and I've argued this before. You have money managers that can't go to cash. You know, they're mandates. They've got to be invested. So if you're playing a conservative, you probably move into some consumer staples. You move into some other stuff that you know is going to be okay if we have a tough second half. So I think that's why, you know, you see consumer staples and utility stocks still holding up fairly well. But, I mean, there is cracks here. The, the thing I've been most concerned about is this regional bank situation. And, I mean, it's not good news that we see FRC at 5 bucks here now. And it looks like there could be the potential for, you know, another uh, FDIC to step in here and take over another bank. I mean, where does that stop? Um, hopefully, FRC is the only one. But we know there's a lot of other regional banks that are down 50, 60 percent from the highs. So that's still, you know, the, the whole elephant in the room where, you know, the media is scared to talk about it because they don't want to start a bank run on it. So they try oh, not to even no, draw attention no, to no. it. No, the media is contributing to this. Come on. Well, it does, but it's twenty four seven nonstop. FRC yeah, on Twitter. Uh, no, that I well, mean, social a, media for sure. Social media for sure. That's a serious problem. Well, CNBC, it's all they can talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, 
so I, let's I, let's uh, parse, let's parse some of what you said. First of all, I think it's time to take some profits in consumer staples. They've they've just been unbelievable. Almost every one of them making new fifty-two week highs from yeah. P P and G to uh, you know some of the lesser lights. I think it's time to take some money off the table there and switch back into semis. I think semis had a really nice pullback, a nice correction. AMD from over 100 to oh, yeah. 85. NVIDIA barely budged, didn't go down. So I think some of the quality semis can be bought here, and I'd put money uh, from the consumer staples. But if you look at what's going on, and I agree with your bifurcated market uh, view, the industrial economy and the banks are reflecting the reality of an earnings recession. Yeah. Yeah. The tech stocks and consumer staples and utilities have been those safe havens, but the reality of the market dynamics in 2023 is that you can have stocks like that making new all-time highs, even with a recession looming, or perhaps we're in a recession. I would bet we're in a recession, but I, I think after this whole cycle is over, we're going to redefine what a recession is. Yeah, not two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, there and and we have become a service economy. So uh, the definition of a recession is different now. Look at Microsoft earnings, just unbelievable. And that's coming from the cloud uh, primarily. So it's not as if businesses are really pulling back, which is what you hear. Uh, in the tech space, but you've had some really impressive earnings. Meta, obviously, uh, Microsoft, yeah. um, Alphabet. So it's it's very much a stock picker's market, and it's no place to bottom fish. Mark, when uh, we you know we go back and forth with our with our emails, and uh, you know before you come on, and you know I'm like I don't have to ask you, you know you're still bull, you know you're still mm -hmm. bullish, and you you made the comment to me yesterday that you're not buying breakouts, and I think there's one thing you found in this market, especially in uh, uh, this year, is you know you got you got to be careful buying the breakouts, uh, but you you're, you're buying the dips, and that, that's such an open ended term. Where would be a point, because you're pretty good on your levels, right? Where where would be the point where you would kind of say, uncle here, on like buying the dip? And to me, and, you know, according to my levels, um, we got to an important point yesterday and we caught a nice bounce. So for me, I'm really keying on this whole 40, 70 area. It's acting as support now. I'm looking at it, you know, on a three-month basis. That's my line in the sand. Where would where would your line in the sand be? Be like, okay, okay you know, just from the S&P. I know individual stocks is a whole different story, but where, where are you at on the S&P? Well, what, the level you're identifying is really like 40, 30 to 40, 50. And that is your short time uh, term line in the sand. But from an intermediate to longer term point of view, it's the December low. And I know that's pretty far down. Okay. But you have a pattern of higher highs and higher lows. If we can hold this 4050 area, then that pattern continues. The problem is breaking out above 4200 has yeah. proven to be massive. And then right above that, the old highs from August of 4300. So, um, You'd have to say you're in a trading range. If that trading range can be contained at the four thousand level, I'd be very happy. Okay. Do you right. do you keep playing it? Like I've been arguing that maybe you want to be writing covered calls on some stuff. Like maybe you want to be looking at 
bringing in premium. I know it sucks when the VIX is starting to come in here now. I loved it when the you know writing calls yeah. when the VIX is 25, VIX 17. It's not as attractive, but still, if you think we're going sideways, there's still premium to extract. Would you Absolutely. still be covered call writing? Here? Yeah, I mean, if you want to maintain stock uh, equity exposure, uh, I'd rather sell the um, out of the money calls on consumer staples from a long-term point of view, from a trading point of view, they're a sale. Now, uh, you know the risks in uh, fooling yourself that selling an option is the same as taking a profit at a new high, because right. it's not. You know, yeah. the, stock, the stock can drop an awful lot more than the optional drop, and you're much more keen on that than I am, uh, or at least aware of that. But yeah, I mean, covered calls up here, If you uh, again, the technicals can help you. If you get overextended, you make a new high, you spike up on earnings like Microsoft did, what an opportunity to sell covered calls because you do get implied volatility jumping on, a, on an earnings report like that. We get Amazon here tonight. One of my concerns, and I am long Amazon, full disclosure, my wife's uh, retirement account. Um, one of my concerns here is like Microsoft you know, driving the bus. Google was pretty good. Meta was very good. But they're talking AI. They're talking metaverse. There's a lot of stories here driving those price gains too. Amazon's probably not going to talk AI. They're probably not going to talk the metaverse. And then I'm scared of UPS. I'm scared what UPS said because UPS was very conservative with their guidance. And I think we're, we've you know, they've turned around and they've bought Amazon up near 52-week highs here. Well, not 52, but near 2023 highs, not too far off, on the backs of Microsoft and Meta. Um, I'm somewhat concerned about the Amazon report. What are your thoughts going in? Because I could be talking to sell my Amazon. Uh, I would sell it. Uh, <laughs> well, That's not helping me hold. <laughs> a big, a big uh, portion of the Microsoft surprise was in the uh, cloud. Cloud. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Amazon at, has cloud services. Well, that, so. but that's the problem. That's where their growth has been. It hasn't been in retail. And, and uh, you also have the layoffs. And they were very pointed that a lot of those layoffs were in the AWS cloud division. So um, the power gauge has been supportive of Microsoft for the last three or four months. Not so much with Amazon. It's now what we call neutral minus because it's in a good uptrend. But I, I think there's risk in Amazon here. I, I will say, if Amazon, for whatever reason, disappoints tonight and says anything like UPS, this market gets hammered, you know, uh -huh. Thursday night and Friday. Because um, yeah. it will not be forgiving. Like UPS, okay, it was UPS. And it quietly fell 18 points. And, you know, you know we've had a couple tech stocks trying to hold the market up since then. But that was a really, you know, ugly report for UPS. At least the guy in the talk. And then, you know, the stock really getting hit. So that's why I'm just like, Amazon, not that much different than UPS, in my opinion. You know, their core I, businesses are, yep. are very much overlapped. I agree with you. And we are heading into May and we're not talking about sell in May and go away. We're talking about the fact that in pre-election years, the market tends to sell off after a late April peak. Uh, in general, in the, in the cycle uh, work for the last 20 years, uh, you tend to have some sort of short-term pullback in early May. So... I've been looking for a pullback here. Uh, Joel, I have a feeling we're going to break your level. So be ready for that. GDP, if, uh, too. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what, Mark? We're going to let you go. Mark Shakin, Shakin Analytics. He joins us every two weeks on Thursdays at 8.15 and uh, goes toe-to-toe with me and Dennis. And that uh, not a lot of our guests. We're green today. Yeah, I know. I, scary. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> See you, Mark. All right, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. Mark Shakin, Shakin Analytics. Triple D will let you go wide here. We can do, we just call this. We'll make our, our new oh, segment. It's the go wide segment. And uh, for the people that don't know, Dennis makes a lot of markets and a lot of things. It has a lot of hedges on. And uh, I'm scared of this GDP number. This one could move the market here today. So we got one minute here. I'm 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 scared to leave you alone, but I know Joel can handle it by himself here. I may get Aaron. Where's Aaron? Bring Aaron Aaron in here in the back. Come on, Aaron. Come come on, Aaron. I don't know. I've asked him several times, and he won't. Yeah, he's probably, we got to get. I, we I gotta... think I think you could see some movement here yet. So I think the GDP. Sometimes GDP numbers crickets, but I think the market is now turning more to being concerned about the the, the economy here, being concerned about earnings. GDP is going to tell us some of this right now. So I think you could really see some movement here. So I'm going live. Yeah, come on, come on, Aaron. We, we he doesn't want to come on. I bought Spencer when he didn't know a stock from a bond from a mutual fund. So we could, <laughs> we could, we could teach anybody anything. I got to get rid of this fifteen-minute chart here. Here's the setup. The setup is is that everyone's leaning bullish into this. We're up twenty-six handles at forty-one oh two. That's based on the meta numbers. Uh, yesterday's high that comes in at forty-one. Uh, the, the true high. The 24-hour high was 4116.75. So I'm not going to give you the uh, the intraday high here, but that's what we're looking at. Um, on the on the downside here, uh, waiting GDP data. They got Kevin McCarthy still speaking here. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's go. Oh, Hobo Investor wants to come on with us. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. And we're popping. We're popping. I haven't seen the official number yet. We just made a new high at 0575. What do we got? What do we got? Uh-oh. 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 Not so good here. Uh, bouncing around the Battle of 4100. The first read on Q1 GDP is coming out. And initial jobless claims are coming out here too, folks. So just be aware of that. I am still waiting. It They're not good. Street's not liking this. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Could be a weak number here, but then a weak number would be good. We did make a new high of 4105.75. We are now back under 4100. Looks like a seller's got a hold of this. Oh, there's 1.1. Whoa. 1.1 versus 2%. Who was talking about earlier about things, uh, the economy slowing down right there? Your GDP is coming down. Uh, wow. That's a big miss. Jobless claims 230K versus 248K, 246 prior here. Uh, but the, the, the street is focusing on this GDP number. We just spiked down on the S&Ps in the lower uh, 93 and a quarter. I didn't figure mid-range on the session, but I could do that real quickly. We've had a 25-point range, so that 93 area, that spike low at 93, 93 and a half, that's where the bulls got to make a stand here or else we could be giving back a lot of these gains. Uh, Meta, not affected by this. Uh, Microsoft, only down 6X. The stocks are still Holding up we fairly well here. Yeah. We haven't moved much. This is a concerning number, though, because we've been talking on this show about the potential for a recession coming in the second half. 
significant miss here on GDP. I think the market is looking, okay, well, that gives more weight to the Fed not raising rates here but or, or, or pivoting you know, sooner. Yes, but at what cost? I mean, if we start seeing these earnings come down, you start seeing more tractor supplies. You start seeing more UPS. So you can say, oh, yeah, overall market, we kind of like, you know, the GDP lighter because, yeah, the Fed's going to pause. You know, the Fed's going to pivot sooner. And this is what we want. This is what we need to go higher. But at what cost is the E starts to come down? And I think this GDP number just gives more weight to that. Again, the market is not reading it that way. The market is so caught up on the Fed that it says this is actually a good number for the market because mm-hmm. the Fed will pivot sooner. But I look at it and think, if that GDP starts going red, this market's going to be spooked. Oh, now we're up 1.1. Oh. 1. 1, not saying that didn't happen in Q1, but could we get to Q3 and all of a sudden have a red print? I think so. That's a big miss. I mean, It's a big I... miss. And, they're, and the reason they're holding it up is the algos are still priced in. Well, this is mean. This means the Fed's probably going to pivot sooner. So this is good news. So we're still in the silver lining market. This is a miss on GDP. This is not great. Jobless claims down a little bit. That kind of goes the opposite. So maybe that helps a little bit with the you know the no recession call or soft landing. But I, I just think you got a recession coming in the second half here. You know what? Uh, I'm looking at the bonds here, and uh, it's um, <laughs> the bonds are down almost a stick off this at 130 and 28 30 seconds. We talked about the major support there, so uh, that the the, uh, the 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 bond traders are not reading it in a in a bullish light. Here is the Fed's ready to make a move. I mean, we still have a we still have a two. You know, we have a we have a, we have inflation. We have a slowing economy here, and this this is not a good number. I don't think the jobless claims are as important. Dennis, I did the stocks. I'm, I was looking at the stocks, and I wanted to highlight some stocks, but they're, they're just – Well, the S&P has only moved five points, really, yeah, from where true. we were. So it's not enough for the stocks to be hammered either way. It's not like, whoa, boom, we're red 20. We just dropped 25 handles. We haven't moved much. But I think as we digest this, I think, as, I think the bots are like, oh, yeah, this is good because pivot comes sooner. I think as human rationality comes in here saying, oh, you know, this GDP number wasn't great. Oh, you know, these tractor supply numbers, oh, UPS. The tell the, the, the thing that will dictate, you know, a huge move in the market in either direction is going to be Amazon here tonight. Amazon had better not say anything like UPS said. Because if Amazon warns going forward and that's what you you know what i this market gets absolutely hammered because it's one thing for ups to fall 17 points or fall 10 percent a day amazon falling 10 percent a day brings down the entire market so i'm very concerned about my amazon position i'm up in it i'm averaged i remember get out, average get out i'm get up out. in it and i'm like i'm calling for a recession i'm looking i'm thinking Again, I have so much cash right now. I'm like, what if I'm wrong? Part of me wants to hold it because what if I am wrong? And what if this market, you know, does, you know, have a soft landing, we continue higher, and I'm sitting here with 60% cash and holding the bag. I mean, that's the risk of selling everything. But man, I'm just, I just think the Amazon report isn't going to be like the Microsoft report. You know what? The the other thing too is that, you know, you got the beat out of Microsoft. You got the beat out of Google. You know, it. Uh, you know, it's just like all of them. Do they? You know, it's like they're going to be a little rug pull here. You know, with uh, with the Amazon and 
who knows? I mean, also Amazon, just looking at this chart here um, of all the stocks, you know, I mean, this is rebounded off the low, right? From 85 to 110. Oh, Meta, I wanted to throw in there. I mean, this one, I mean, the street, th this one has been the dog. I mean, if you look at it, uh, the bottom right chart. Um, is the monthly chart, right? So you look at, you know, what Microsoft has done this year, boom, move off the low, much more on a percentage basis. We all know what uh, Meta's done. Apple has always been kind of, you know, your strong, your strong guy, right? Um, always been kind of hanging up here. We also got that report looming too. This is, you know, 15, 16 cents or 15, 16 dollars from its all time high. But uh, they're, Dennis, they're, they're reevaluating this. Uh, uh, this I don't think uh, it's a GDP good number. number. No, I don't think not. it's a good number. I think you got Meta holding the market up here still. IWM is still trying to hold up as well. I do think, I do think everything matters on Amazon today. So you know, forget about today's trading action. It's probably not as yeah, important looking. as what Watch Amazon out. Watch says bids, tonight. Dennis. Watch your bids. What Amazon right. says tonight is very important. But I'd be spooked going into that. I wouldn't be surprised if we do go red here today. Um, it was an ugly day yesterday. We get the meta bounce, similar to what Microsoft did for the market the day before. I'd be a seller of rallies. I'm still okay. selling rallies. All right. Well, it's been 37 minutes. We've had our guests. We've talked a lot of stuff. And uh, I just have a pile of earnings reports here. Yeah. And uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do and something. We never got to the, the PFF conversation, though. And I think it ties in here. Uh, okay. Let's do I it. I want to do the PFF conversation. We need a two-hour show. On some we need a three-hour show. I mean, we, we just do. can't get this done in, in, in an hour. Go ahead. So, Go so here's my argument. And I have been playing this from the short side. I'm not in it, but I've been day trading it short so as it rallies we're talking pff which is just a boring preferred etf boring 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 as it rallies a little bit i sell it short and you know it's been coming in it's been working very well for the last few days um the reason i'm bearish on pff at least in the short term here and the reason i think it's a good hedging vehicle for your overall portfolio on the short side meaning not being long being short this as a hedge um is because what they hold so PFF, nice little 6.55% dividend. You're like, oh, that's pretty good. But when you're getting 5% in treasuries, that's only a 1.5% premium over what you can get on risk-free money. Now, remember, this isn't going to just tank. This is very slow moving. It's preferred stocks. It goes very, very slow. But when markets get really ugly, look back to March on this. When all of a sudden you had the regional banking crisis happening, this thing went from 32 to 29, a 10% fall in three trading sessions. So when you have risk of company failures involved, like regional bank failures, this ETF can actually get hit. So it goes up very slowly, but when it gets ugly, it can really get ugly fast. That's why I kind of like this from the short side, just as a hedge. If I'm wrong, it'll drift higher and you know, you'll eventually be able to cover, maybe lose 50 cents on it. If I'm, if I'm right, though, and we do go into a recession, we have more bank failures, this could actually go down very quickly. The biggest reason is the holdings. So PFF is an income trust, is an income ETF. It holds a lot of preferred Do I have the stocks. right one up here, Dennis? I think Do so, I... yeah. yeah. So okay. it's got a lot of preferred stocks, lots of banks in there, lots of majors. I'm not worried about the majors, but it's got a lot of regional banks in there. You know what else? It has a lot of REITs. It's got a lot of stuff that could be under pressure if the regional banking crisis continues. Again, so this would be a bet that the regional banking crisis continues by playing this from the short side. So I have been doing this. Again, I don't have a position in it right now, so I'm not talking my book at this time. I will probably reinitiate today at some point in time if we get a little bit of rally in it. I've been just selling into the strength. 
because I think as I see FRC having problems, I think as, you know, at $5 and people are talking about, oh, it's going to get bailed out, it's $5. I don't think it's getting bailed out. But if there's more regional banking failures to follow, eventually this PFF could start getting hit too. So I think it's a it's a low-risk way to bet against this market right now. It's a low-risk way. Better than buying puts because puts, you got the premiums and you're paying. So if you're really nervous about this market, being sure PFF isn't a bad idea. Okay, now we got to point out that, uh, and it's being pointed out to us that you know you do you have two things that you have to factor into the equation, right? Yeah. If you're short, you got to pay the dividend. Six point five five percent. You're paying, yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's a year. Uh, that's not a month. That's a year. Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. And then, um, you know, what are the borrowing costs? The borrowing costs currently, and I'll just go um, and check them right now. It's usually fairly low, but you have to monitor that. It's 0.69% a year. So I have to add that on. So to hold this, if this thing stays flat and you hold this short for a year, you lose 7.3%. So, and But we're not talking about holding this for a year. We're talking about the risk is like right now. So I'm talking about holding this for the, like, the next, you know, in and out of it, but being short this thing for like the next month, selling this into strength and being short this thing for the next month. That's what I'm talking about as a hedge. And you know what? If the banks pull around and the regional banks pull around, this thing probably comes back up to 3150. You probably lose That's three or level, man. That is the level. Look at that. 31 I mean, and a half. Yeah. So I mean, if we turn it around, but right now there's cracks forming here. Could this April couple candles look like the merch candles in a few days? It could if we get ugly. So, you know, I don't think we're at, you know, all these unknowns. I don't see this thing just collapsing and to go down to 28 or 29, but I don't know what's not going to do that. So what I am arguing here is that this is not a bad way to hedge if you are really worried about regional bank contagion. So I think it's a low risk way to play it. We're not talking about paying, you know, holding this for the next two, two years and paying 13, 14%. We're talking about holding this for the next month. I don't know when it pays its dividend. I, I, you could look that up because of the quarterly, so you can look it up and, you know, and even try to avoid, you know, t- paying the dividend itself. Uh, but I just think if you're nervous about this market, I think, I think whoever is buying PFF right now, let me put it this way. I think <laughs> yeah, you're buying PFF right now. I think you're crazy because you're going after a 6.55% dividend. You're holding all these regional bank preferreds. You're holding all these REIT preferreds. And you're picking up 1.3% over the risk-free yield. It's not enough. The yield on, on PFF is not enough over treasuries. 5.2% treasuries, 6.55% here. No, thank you. So I think if you're buying this, I think you're very uninformed at this point in time. I think you'll make money maybe in the long run. But I think right now your risk-reward, you're risking way too much to pick up 1.3%. What about shorting the KRE? Well, there's too much risk in shorting the KRE because the KRE short, if you're wrong, it's going to go up 45, 47, 50. You lose 20%. If you're wrong here, you lose probably 3%, 4%. So this is a conservative way. So, you know, it's a less risk conservative way. You'll make a lot more money shorting the KRE. If we go on a bank crisis, you will make a lot more money shorting the KRE. But if you're wrong, you're going to lose a lot more in the KRE. So I'm saying this is a lower risk way. That's what I'm saying. I'm not advocating to hold this for the next year. I'm saying maybe in the next month, if we continue to get ugly and the carry looks like it's ready to break down, this PFF could go down. And this thing falls one or two dollars. You know, it's a pretty good move. So I mean, you saw people who were short this thing back in March get rewarded quite quickly. It's very rare for preferred ETF to fall 10% in three days. Very, very rare for that to happen. 
But we're still in this environment where this could happen again. So, I mean, there may even be an maybe even buy puts on PFF. I don't know what they're going for. I didn't look yeah, at that. Yeah, what did they? I but there may probably. be, you know, the premiums on this are probably pretty low. We could look that up right now. I do a put. I would do a put spread because you, you could gotta, do that too. You got to be on the other end. I mean, you got to, if there's anything, you've, you know, you've learned about options on the, I mean, yeah, you're not going to make as much, but at least the days that it goes nowhere, you're at least, you know, well, let's, go lose money. let's go look. So if we go to the June, you got to give yourself some time. The one thing that people do wrong in options, is they don't give themselves time. Yeah, we know that. So the June thirties are 35 to 50. Well, paying 50 cents. That's a lot. You know, it is out to June. I guess, you know, if you really go, you'll be happy you did it, but. I just think your risk is like 50 cents here. So why not just short it? I, 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 again, people are very scared to short stocks. They think, oh, it's, you know, and they, and they, they think it's wrong. They think it's anti-American. They think you know, it's wrong. Sometimes it's just a good way to hedge your portfolio. So being short PFF here is not a bad hedge. Someone if you, mentioned. If the stocks turn yeah. around and goes up, your stock's going to make you a lot more than that PFF short's going to lose you. Uh, someone mentioned uh, PFFA is an equivalent, but I just looked at that, and that thing trades no trades yeah. hundred thousand shares a you day. Need so a PFF bit. is very liquid. The why, reason yeah. I pick on PFF, it's very liquid. It typically has a one cent spread. Spinner making a very good point. There's huge spreads in that option chain. There's not much liquidity in it, so you're probably better just to short it if if you if you want to play it. I'm not telling you to do that, and I'm not saying I'm going in out there and doing it. If it bounces a bit, I probably will short it again. I'm not advocating, yeah, you know, short this, you know, we're going in the end of the world. I'm just saying this is a potential hedge. If you're really nervous about your long-term portfolio, being short PFF will hedge you a bet. It's not going to hedge you great, but it's going to hedge you a bet. So, and if we really get into a credit crunch, PFF will go down hard. So if we get into that, I don't know if it's going to that, but if you're not in stocks because you're worried about that, a PFF short could help you with some of those worries and maybe short PFF and buy some other stocks. And maybe you sleep better. As a hedge, yep. yep. Not, not a perfect hedge. You can't do this dollar for dollar because PFF will not fall as far as some of the banks. It will not fall as quickly. So remember, this moves very slow, very low beta here. But I just think the people who are buying this for a 1.3% premium are risking a lot more than they think they are. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to do our trade zero segment here in four minutes. And I don't know how we've done this, but uh, I don't think we've done one earnings report. We've kind of glanced. Yeah, we have. Far. We covered well, meta, track, well, okay. URI. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't give you it all, number. man. All right. It's 846. So I'm going to, there's a lot of stocks here that we could cover. Someone in the chat. Give it, we, we haven't been paying enough attention to the chat lately. Chat, is there an earnings stock here that you want us to look at the report and do our, our usual shtick of uh, going over the earnings? Is there anything? If not, I will I'll do so. I'll take a look at uh, Meta real quick. Did I give the Meta numbers? Yeah, we, uh, we already did Meta. It's up 13. Okay. It's the reason the SP is up here as much as it is right now. Um, you got a replay of what we saw the other day. I mean, Mobileye is interesting. It's getting yeah, let's do that. here today. Yep, yep, let's uh, do again, that. Again, I'm upset because I don't own Mobileye shares from the whole Intel debacle when they you know, obviously spun it off and gave their shareholders none. Intel is down slightly here because Mobileye is down 20% here this morning. All right, so Mobileye is significant pullback. Give us those numbers. Okay, uh, they beat on the EPS, 14 cents versus 12 cents, and they beat on the sales, 458 versus 456.7. What's bothering the street this morning is they lowered their fiscal 
2023 revenue outlook and uh, uh, 206, 2.06 billion to 211.4 billion. Who versus that 2.25 billion estimate? So Mobileye, look at that. Someone was leaning the right way. Uh, well, on the dailies here, yeah, they're a little bit nervous yesterday. They're being rewarded here. We had a close at 43.10. I know what I can do on this one for you, folks. You're trading on the lows of the pre-market session, and if I have one warning, one warning, one word of caution here is you're looking at something and it's trading on the lows of the pre-market session off earnings. Don't get too happy out there trying to buy it. Did you see what ENPH did yesterday, Dennis? Oh, my gosh. There is a tale of two markets here, and ENPH has just collapsed yesterday. It's down 60 points. I mean, there is some wicked moves going the other direction, too. I mean, yeah, there's some stocks in bull markets, but there are some stocks in some wicked bear markets, too. And this ENPH is in a wicked, wicked bear market. Yeah, now we're not getting much of a bounce today, but this is uh, this is going to be a good exercise here, and I'm going to keep an eye on this mobile eye. Uh, what did we do? We made a low of let's say 25. This is called 25. It was almost 50. 20, 13 point move. Oh boy, oh boy, you're giving back. You're you're already giving back half of this uh, half of this entire move in uh, just two days here. So not much on the monthlies. Uh, let's see. So that's twenty three twelve. Man, you're below the thirty seven thirty eight, which is the fifty percent retracement. I think the best thing you can do here uh, for the mobile eye is maybe make a couple lows in the same area. But there's nothing here. Your next monthly low. Comes in at 28.73. So we got to look for some stabilization here. S&P's had that quick dip to med, uh, mid-range, but climbing back up, you got the, the stocks really didn't budge on that. Apple strong, uh, Amazon strong, NVIDIA just had one heck of a day yesterday. So these stocks are continuing to put a bid underneath the market. Everybody but wants to be invested in these stocks. And I will tell you one thing is that the mega cap tech trade is now very, very, very crowded. That is one concern here. Does Amazon change things tonight? We will find out. Okay, let's go. It's 8.50, and this is it's be a good day to do our trade zero segment. So let's, uh, let's get it going, Aaron. Okay. That's uh, what do you feel? You feel like starting with the up filter? Or down let's filter? do some good news. Let's do the up filter because we've been talking pretty bearish on this <laughs> show here today. So let's bring out some good news. And we know Meta. You, you know what's interesting is Honeywell. Go to the second stock, third stock on the list there. Honeywell obviously reported earnings. And you know what I thought about? I thought about just buying this into the report because they did the big buyback. I know, ago. and it got do hit. Do you actually think they were going to come and miss earnings when they're doing a huge <laughs> buyback two days before it? The management was telling you, we're going to beat the numbers. I mean, they announced, so if we just go to the Benzinga Pro, you can see they announced the buyback there. $10 billion on Monday, and they authorized a $10 billion buyback. And then we're reporting earnings on Thursday. It was almost a slam dunk that the company was going to kill it. Um, and I thought about going long into the report. I just didn't do it. I should have did it. And obviously, the stock has popped up. It's already leaking, so I'm saying the trade is over here now. But if you were so inclined to just read that tip, that management gave you that we're doing a big buyback and then they're reporting thursday you took it long into the report you're being rewarded here this morning so how high did honeywell get here 
Uh, well, this is uh, it has only traded eleven thousand five hundred shares. It got to one ninety six forty four. Yeah. But I just want to alert our traders and investors that you are linking. You're at the last print yeah. at one ninety five fifteen. But an interesting area. You had a gap fill from the down open on Tuesday at one ninety five eighty six. Another low at one ninety six twenty seven. So if you're looking to lighten up, I you know hopefully you get a pop to that area. And uh, you'd be able to sell into strength. If I would sell it the, now. Yeah, I would sell it. It's my opinion. Okay. Um, if I had this thing and I held it through the report and it was a good report and it's not getting much of a lift on it. We just saw what Caterpillar did on a good report. Honeywell similar. They're worried about recessions going forward here. Honeywell does a $10 billion buyback and they hammered it for two days on it. I mean, this is just giving you another chance to get back up here. I think this is a, I, th I think this is a sell here. And just okay. my opinion. Visa, we said that yesterday. Remember I said Visa when it was popping up in the earnings and it went straight down. So, I mean, there's certain yeah. stocks are just selling right now. Okay. Um, and let's see here. Uh, boom. boom. Uh, a chip stock that we don't talk much about. Uh, uh, Teradyne trading down. Hmm, I don't know why this is showing it in the up filter here. I got it trading down a buck thirty-three, but uh, let's let's skip away. Wait, let's skip that one. What about Hasbro? We haven't talked toys in a while. Oh gosh, Star Wars toys. What's I don't going know. on? I, I, I'm short toys because I have a toy room in this new house that I built, and I was talking with the boy yesterday. He's homesick and he's eight. I'm like, how often do you go in the toy room? He's like, I don't play with toys. I'm like, so I got my daughter who's five. She still goes in the toy room. She likes it. I'm like, but you know, when she turns the six here, she's turning six in a week and a half. I'm thinking, she's not going to the toy room as much. I'm like, itching to get rid of some toys. We're talking about doing a big, uh, there's a community yard sale coming up in six weeks. I'm like, I may just short all these toys. So I can't buy Hasbro when I'm shorting physical toys. Okay. Uh, you're opening, this is a big move for Hasbro. You're opening into a daily high at 54.32. If that's not good enough for you, uh, your March 6 high comes in at uh, 56 bucks. So that is taking a look at Hasbro. What else is sticking out to you here, Dennis? We'll do a, we could do a I traded Comcast this morning. Um, had earnings. I took it long through the report. Um, because Whoa. Yeah, you know why? I, I, I didn't take a big position, but it was down 50 cents ahead of the report last night. And I was like, it's giving me a 1.5% lead. I'll go for it. <laughs> one one so point. I, I, I know, I know. As a Comcast, I was like, Ugh. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it, but I, I, I did. So anyways, I was rewarded for it. The earnings were pretty good. Um, and then I sold it um, just like after the report around 37. And immediately after I sold it, somebody came in to buy 25,000 shares, like showing it. And I'm like, that's a big bid for just after a report. So then I oh, rebought yeah. it. So then I rebought it at 37.10. This is all like in the seven o'clock handle. Um, I rebought it at 37.10. And then the bid started. It was like old school trading, Joel. The bid started stepping up like 25,000, 37.10, 37.20, 37.30, 37.40. I was like, oh, I'm going to lean on this. Keep stepping up, buddy. Keep going up. <laughs> he walked it all the way up to over 38 bucks. So I'm like, it's nice matter. when you can lean on that big bid, just like old school, like way back when we and Joel started trading. You'd see institutions, they would like move orders like this. They'd put their big order out there oh, and they'd yeah. walk it up and we'd get ahead of them. And then it would just walk it up, walk it up. And then, you know, when it starts getting done, then you try to hit them before everybody else. If you miss it, then, you know, the falls and it's all, you know, but it's like old school trading, leaning on the bed. So yeah, I yeah. traded like that in a while. So I just wanted to tell the story that, you know, it was interesting yeah. that, you know, there was, it was felt like, it felt like trading from like 1999 there. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of fun.
it's an old story and I've told it a hundred times, but uh, uh-huh. when I did Jake Goldman really actively and I had like this weekly level and it like kept on going down to the week and like three weeks in a row. I can remember it was like one Oh three. And I'm like, I hit, you know, I got short into it and it bounced and I covered and it went down again and I shorted and it bounced again and I covered and I was like, man, oh man, this is like, this is brutal. I'm getting absolutely destroyed. Then it went down one more time. And, and I, this was back in March, the long time ago in the market and I hit it and he went trip nines at one Oh three. Oh yeah. I short at one Oh three and he showed a bid at a hundred for a hundred shares. And I was like, Oh baby. And I yeah, just, that means it's gonna gap down. It's gonna gap down big. When they go trip nines on the offer, she's gapping down. And I and I threw five hundred at like ninety-nine, ninety-eight, ninety-seven, ninety-six. I just threw all those ones as quickly as I could get them. And I got done and I can remember I got done on like all these. I got done at like ninety-four and a the half. Gap down, it gapped down like eight bucks on that print. Yeah. I waited. I mean, I waited I because he kept, you know, he went, he locked it down at 103, then he locked it down at 101, yeah. then he locked it down at 100, and the spoos were just falling out. And then I'm like, wow, he might be done. And I, and I very rarely send market orders. So I sent a market order to buy like 500 at the market. Oh, really? And I got like 95 and a half and he walked it right back up. And I was like, oh, I got to get out of this as soon as possible. But uh, you don't see that anymore. And that, no, that's well, it. the market yeah. structure has changed. Institutions, you know, use algorithm. They don't show their hands anymore. Back in the day, they're 100,000 to go. They go to the they go to the specialist on the floor. I got 100,000 to sell. Get me done. It's like, hey, everybody, there's 100,000 to sell. Where are we going to done? And the pit crowds up. They're like, okay, I'll give you some. You know, it's, it's trading out 100. We'll, we'll buy 98. We'll buy 97. We'll buy 99. You know, and the print, the specialist puts the print together. And that's why me and Joel, he locks it down for the electronic traders because they're putting a print together on the floor. So you get your order in there because you want to be part of that print as well. That was back in the day when we actually yeah, was a lot more. Yeah. It's a tape reading. There was a lot more. You know, much different it, market. The market structures changed so much. Let's go to the down filter. We only got three. Um, we got three minutes left here. Let's go to the down filter. We're going. Ooh, what do you got here? Oh, Crocs. Everyone's been. Uh, let's go to Crocs. Uh, but the shoes. Price for in perfection. It. Yeah. Price oh, going up into the report. Price for perfection. And you know what? It could have even beat. I done looked at the report. I think it did. If they beat, sometimes it just doesn't matter because it was price for perfection. Yeah, they did. Two sixty one versus two fifteen. A nice beat. Eight hundred eighty four million versus eight hundred fifty six million. A nice beat there too. Guidance seems to be fine. Actually, it looks like a raise. Adjusted <laughs> EPS eleven seventeen to eleven seventy three versus ten eighty six estimates there. Crocs Q two revenue looking good too. Everything about this report looks good. You know what the problem was? Price for perfection. Stock down eight percent on a pretty good report. One hundred twenty thousand shares. Uh, others give you the pre market low. The pre market low comes in at one thirty two oh five. You got a little bounce off that. Uh, I don't have two lows in the same area, so I'll give you a, a potential range here. Well, one thirty one oh one. Would if you're looking for more on the downside here, that's four bucks away. Um, and then the real good level, I call it one twenty six. But I don't think you know what people are probably jammed short on this thing, and they're getting a you know a big windfall here. I I wouldn't be shorting it in whole. I don't know if you're going to get anywhere near back the bottom of yesterday's range. Oh, that's only eight bucks away. 143.83. What else do we got in the down filter, Dennis? 
Um, we got one minute left. Let's go pick one. Well, Tesla's back to the down filter. Let's talk Ooh. Tesla. We'll finish with Tesla. You want to talk ugly. The breakdown yesterday, downgraded from Jeffries, maybe kickstarted the selling in this thing, and it never looked back. It opened at the high tick and just went down all day, leading the charge. Obviously, this was not good for ARKK. My pun there 10 seconds ago was intended. Um, so leading the charge down. Tesla, 152.25 here this morning, down another buck and a half here. It's all air in here, and you got a gap down here. This is where we ran up in January from 100 to 160. It felt like overnight. So you're now in this whole gappy area here. I don't see much until you fill that gap down, Joel. Yeah, but twenty-six. I know, I know. I thought it's just I hate when you get these kind of areas where you know the the, the market has no memory, and it doesn't here. And it was a double top at the one forty-six area, one forty-six fifty. So if you're looking for that, that's seven bucks away. Two downgrades. Really, it's important to file stocks after the earnings report. They had the earnings report. They didn't like it. Filed up by two downgrades. So that's what we're looking. Traded down a buck forty here in Tesla. And I think Kathy bought. Did Kathy buy some more yesterday? Oh, you did mention that. Did. Never frown average down. Kathy always getting down and dirty there. Bring it in. No, just average down. Bring that cost basis down. She's probably still way up in her Tesla position. Is what has made ARK. Tesla yeah. is what made Kathy Wood. Tesla is the whole reason that Kathy Wood is as big a money manager as she is. It's all Tesla. She had a phenomenal call on Tesla. And she made a ton of money with Woo-hoo. it. That's what made her. Okay. Yeah, very well since. All right, Meta's ripping here, Dennis. Uh, up thirty-one dollars. Wow. Uh, no, yeah. Wow. Meta must said something good. They, they just, yeah, they're probably talking AI. They talk everything. Good oh, AI. Here, so. Hell yeah. I may sell my Amazon into today's strength. I'm nervous about taking the report. You've got a little bit of FOMO happening here. It's like, oh yeah, the bull market, but people aren't reading the tea leaves here. So I'm somewhat concerned here. May raise the cash back up to sixty-five percent. Might sell into the strength here. Okay. I get All paid right. to wait too, man. Yeah, like 5.2% to wait isn't bad. Okay. All right. Covered this is calls. It. Maybe covered calls the way to go. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap things up here on this uh, Thursday, Thursday. S&P's rambling north up 27 handles. Uh, let's see if we can get to yesterday's Globex high. That's at uh, 41.16.75 on the downside. And, man, if you would have had a, uh, a bit out at mid-range on the session, uh, that's where they hit it off the GDP number. But they're looking at the GDP number as the Fed pivot is yep. coming. And that's the only way. So read what's and in tech front. is strong because of that. Because the tech needs the pivot. The tech needs, you know, the, the, that's what it needs. So to, to justify these valuations that we're paying for some of these stocks here now, it needs the pivot sooner. And that's what it's gravitating to. It's like, oh, yeah, good news. The Fed's going to. It's like, is it good news? Are we going to a recession? Is that good news? Sold it. <laughs> All right. Fun as always. This is uh, Joel Alconnan and Dennis Dick bringing you the number one pre-market prep show. We're signing off for today. Back with you later on.